Welcome to No Ordinary Ordinary Women, Women. the podcast where two ordinary broads chat about extraordinary women, the good, the bad, and the batshit crazy. Hi, Rose. Hey, Lenny. It's your turn. For what? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I said that. I was like, it's your turn. (laughs) It's your turn. So, Rose, you want to talk about our cocktail today? Oh, yeah. So, I went to the liquor store to get some stuff to make a cocktail, and I came across a pre-made cocktail. So, you know, I'm always about the shortcuts. Mm -hmm. And it's a woman-owned business called Tenth Ward Distillery. Distilling company. I'm sorry. The, the writing is very small, and we all know that Lynn can't see anything. So <laughs> um, this flavor is peach, clementine, lemonade, iced tea. And it says it's made with gin, peach, clementine, lemon, and ice, and black tea. It's actually quite good. The bottle, I mean, the, the little can is cute. Um, you can show it in the video. Oh, I can show it in the video. There we go. Is that a naked whoop. person? No, it's a woman laying out in a bikini. And but her head is a peach, oh, so that's kind of the way I feel like my head is a little bit lately. It's a little weird, but yeah, but, but okay. it's it's good. Um, at first I was like, mm. but then it's like growing mm. on me, and I think it'd be good. I think it needs more alcohol in it. I mean, doesn't I everything agree. like maybe another splash of gin? You should go upstairs for raid. <laughs> <laughs> Raid Mary's liquor cabinet. I totally could. I could to- totally run up there and grab a bottle of gin. But yeah, no, they are good. Um, what is the percentage on them? So I posted it on my on our so on our Instagram and Facebook. Um, Can you to, see it, Grandma? To oh, it's eight percent. Hmm. That's pretty good. We're gonna get turned. <laughs> no, get I turned. like it. No, so we'll we'll see. Um, they're good. They are good. I mean, they're they're very light. And yeah, refreshing. they are. The yeah. first sip was like kind of weird, and also too, it's the peach. The peach tastes weird to me. They weren't super cold when we first, I first, uh, yeah, them. when we first drank it. Yeah, it so because um, I got they were on the shelf in the liquor store. So anyway, you guys give them a try. It's a woman-owned company. We're all about supporting other women businesses. That's right. And yes. Lynn is being lazy. Lynn was being lazy. <laughs> So she spent more it's money okay. to be lazy. It's, it's okay. okay. It's all right. So I Rose, who are you talking about today? Um. I'm not going to talk about anyone. Nobody? No. We're just going to talk about alkyol. Alkyol? <laughs> alkyol. Okay. We're going to talk about how great my story was last week. We could talk about that all night because it was so great. It was okay. Itch. Total itch. Have you had a good week, Lynn? Um, yeah. It's been great. It's been a good week. I got a little promotion at work. Oh. I yeah. got a promotion, too. Did you? couple weeks ago oh that's right you did i I mean today i was like wait no yeah you did you did did. see we're a promotion we're promotion kind of gals yeah because we're we're promoting it up in here we are hard working ladies so yeah (laughs) but congratulations thank you you too rose thank you yeah so we'd like a promotion in our podcast so please make sure (laughs) you nice roll into that you go and you hit that little follow button at the top of the podcast um like rate and review our podcast on any of the platforms you're listening. I know that Google, you cannot uh, rate or review, but you can still listen and share and like. Um, and then like our posts and reach out to us on social media at No Ordinary Women Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, I'm sorry, Instagram, Facebook, Are and TikTok. Are we doing like the end of the show things right I'm now? I'm doing it now because okay. I want to, Rose. Okay, that's fine. You do what you want to And then do. on TikTok, it's No Ord Women Pod. No Twitter. 
A Twitter. You said TikTok. Oh, God, y'all. Oh, God. Oh, She's God. messing up the whole podcast. Maybe we should record in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good idea. So, you know, we'll say it again at the morning. end. But, yeah, just make sure you give us a follow. Give us a like. Give us a rate. Give Lynn us a review. Lynn will give you the correct information at the end of the podcast. I will. <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> if these 8% drinks don't make me turn. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we're only having, like, half of one, right? Yeah, we're on half of one. <gasps> oh, my God. I almost just knocked over oh my drink. Oh, my God. I should probably open another one before we get started, but... All right, and we're gonna. I'm gonna start a um, a highlight on our profile so you can see our cocktail of the week every week. And guess who gave us that idea? Katarina, <laughs> our number one fan. We love her. She's gonna become afraid of us and think we're stalkers. She's like, she's gonna start blocking us. She's gonna be like, these fucking bitches are weird. <laughs> yes, we are weird. We are weird. That's why we're so much fun. Lynn's a little weird. I'm very okay. Weird. Anyway, so I. Um, Got this story from Small Town Murder. <gasps> Did you? I listened to it a few weeks ago, and I was like, oh, my God, I oh, have that's to right. do that story. That's right, because you told me not to listen to that one. Because it was so crazy. So um, this is about Michelle Hughes. And Jimmy tells a funny uh, James tells a good story, too. Yeah, he, he does. He really does. Jimmy makes me laugh. <laughs> not better than me, but. Not yeah. better than you. Never arose. Because <laughs> he's got a penis. He can't talk better than you. <laughs> they only have, like, you know. The hundred thousand followers, followers, and yeah, yeah, probably more than that. Yeah, and they're comedians by 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 career. Trade. Yeah, yeah, right. So, um, I lo- actually looked at their um, reviews today because I'm huh. always interested now to see how many reviews people have. Take a guess how many reviews they have. I can't even imagine. They're so popular. Sixty six thousand. Oh my god! <laughs> and that's just on Apple. That's just on Apple. Yep. Oh my heavens. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count all the other stuff. I feel stuff. like when we first started listening to them, they weren't big at all. No, it's because we started listening to them. And then oh, everyone's like, oh, my God, right. Lynn and Rose listen to them. Probably I have when we to. talked about them on our podcast and then everyone Every, yeah, started they blew listening. Up. Yeah, you're welcome, guys. You're welcome. I know. So obsessed with us. So anyway, Michelle Hughes was born on October 12th, 1972 in New Orleans. Her father was in the Air Force and her stepfather was in the airline industry. And so she moved on. And I'm sorry. I have, like, a cold or allergies or something. Oh, great. You're going to get me sick, bitch. And something's going on in my throat. I know it's in your throat. (laughs) That's why you're late. So my um, voice is a little hoarser than usual. Sound a little more like a boy than usual. She still looks like one. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't change my looks, okay? So her parents divorced when she was six, and her father moved to California and took her sister with with him. And then Michelle stayed with her mother in Louisiana. Isn't that okay. really weird? Her father took her sister? Yeah. Like, her fa- like they split the kids up. Like, one took the, the sister and one took Michelle. I can't, could you imagine somebody splitting you up like that? Yeah. That was oh, my so God. weird. No, that's... Yeah, it is very strange. But it's probably... I don't know. I'm not going to assume. Anyway, go ahead. And I think her sister was, like, four years older than her. So her sister was 10 and she was six. That's so mean. That's, because that's so like, like your best you friend when you're your that sister. age, I know. right? So I mean, when you're that age, you really like your siblings. Those were the '70s for you. They were wild. They were wild. So when she was 11, her father died, and her sister moved back home. Oh. And she was also do- diagnosed with scoliosis at that time. Ugh. And so she was in and out of the hospital that year, and then um, the next year. She got a full body brace for scoliosis and spent like a year and nine months in that body brace. Did you ever know anybody that wore one of those in school? 
No, I don't think that was a thing when I was growing up. There was, a, it was because it was when I. Well, you're a lot older than I am. I know, but it was, but scoliosis is still around now. I mean, yeah, but they like it's not as prevalent because they can catch it. Yeah, but if they don't, there's still braces. Like people still wear braces to try and. Well, fix you it. know what? They're probably less noticeable. Like when you were little, they were probably like very oh, it, noticeable. It was like a, when it I was like a cast. It was like a cast like you'd put on your leg mm-hmm. and the girl had to wear it around her her the whole trunk of her body yeah. and it got like really smelly i bet and people That's used to tease her and oh I, you like knew an actual girl that had it? yeah in oh. my in my class and i and then i i might have teased her too yeah. i don't remember if i did i'm sure i did and it makes me feel like total shit i know <sighs> God, i used I to tease hate. a homeless girl when i was in <gasps> elementary school um about eating out of the dumpster and then we got suspension and I had to pull weeds. Good for you. They should have made you eat out of the dumpster. I know. I always feel so bad about that. I'm like, what an asshole. Like, it's not like we were rich, you know? No, but the thing is, is I think, you know, kids, you know, it's awful that we totally sidetracking here, but that we do stuff like that. But I think it's it's insecurities in ourselves that make us that make us do that. Oh, yeah. And not that that makes it okay at all. No, it's still yeah. horrible. But, but I think, you know, like my home life wasn't great. And so I was probably... Right. You know, yeah, no, taking it out on someone else, of course, you know, because you felt like maybe you were a little bit better than her, but she was the only one in school, so I was like also like the class, like comedian. Oh, I was, and so I think you know, it got a good laugh from the other kids, kind of a thing. I was class clown in junior high, I was class clown in elementary school in the yearbook. Now I'm just a clown. Now you're just a clown <laughs> with no class. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that was funny. I cracked myself up. <laughs> Anywho. Oh, that was funny. That was funny. So, so when Michelle was 14, she stole her sister's driver's license Ran away from home. She lived in Louisiana, and she ran away to New York to become a model. Oh, wow. Ugh. New York's a tough place. I know. To just run away like you don't even know anyone? Yeah. So she lives in New York um, for about, like, five years. And when she's there, she meets a 38-year-old man. <clears throat> and she's 16 at the time. And um, they date for about three years. He what? thinks... She's 21, though, because she's been using her sister's license. And she, like, I think gave him her sister's name and used her license. And um, everyone said she was very, like, mature looking. Well, she was probably very street smart at that point. Yeah, right. I'm sure, because she had been in New York for two years at that point. She still had to be immature. I mean, I can't imagine she wouldn't know, but whatever. And um, that guy said, like, yeah, she was a little, like, she had a little bit of a split personality and she could be really cruel. Like, I think she bossed him around like she was... As she should. 16, and he was 38, and she was, like, telling him what to do. So after about three years with him, she dumps him and moves back to Louisiana. That guy, like, owned a deli and... <laughs> what the fuck? I'm sure I'm sure she was using him, you know? Owned a deli in New York? Yeah. Was this in the city? Yeah. Okay. Was it your family? <laughs> my dad owned a deli in the 70s. Oh, my God. <laughs> but we were on Long Island. But my dad would, no, my dad. Yeah, <laughs> my no. dad's not like that. So just, not dating a 16-year-old? No, oh, God, no. No. That's not my dad's MO at all. So she stays in Louisiana for a few years, and when she's 21, she decides to move to Alaska. 
And why do you think she decides to move to Alaska? Take a wild guess. Why she decides to move to Alaska? Um, I don't know. She heard that you could make great money as a stripper there. Oh, <laughs> gosh. I bet you can, but the cost of living is outrageous. So I guess like a lot of like the fishing guys go up there mm-hmm. and they're alone. Mm-hmm. And so they try and they're all from all over the country. And so they try to get girls from every like state to come up there. And so the guys will like, you know, the girl from their kind of like the they feel like hometown girls. Right. Well, the, Alaska, the, the population has always been really off as far as men to women. There's always been much many more men than there are women. That's because they're Alaska. working up there. right? Yeah, yeah. because it's yeah, a lot of fishermen and stuff yeah. like that. So she gets a job at the Great Alaskan Bush Company. <laughs> Is that a strip club? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have a big bush to work there. Yeah. In the 70s, everybody <laughs> yeah, did. Sure uh, hell did. yeah. And she, well, this was probably like the 80s by now. But, um, and she used the stage name Bobby Joe. Bobby Joe. And her plan was just to save work there and save money so that she could go to school and become a veterinarian. Oh, okay. Because she would, like, really, really loved animals. So, I mean, not the worst thing in the world. So she's dancing at the Great Alaskan Bush Company for only a few months when a shy 35-year-old 6'5 bald guy named Kent LePink walked in the door. So what happened to the 38-year-old? She just dumped him She and dumped moved? him. He was in New York, okay, and she, she went back to okay. Louisiana, dumped him, went back to Louisiana. And then when she was 21, like, actually 21, she moved, she to, moved Alaska. to Alaska. Okay. Yeah. So... Kent was described by his parents as somewhat impulsive, and he was um, originally from Michigan but had moved to Alaska to start a new life okay. because he had been caught skimming money off his family's business. Oh, gee, out of your family's business? And his Kent's nickname was T.T., which was short for Tennessee Taxidermist. <laughs> his life in Michigan had been a disaster, so he had moved to Tennessee to become a taxidermist. That was my drag name. <laughs> Tennessee taxidermist. (laughs) And clearly that path didn't work out for him. So he moved to Alaska to work on a fishing boat. And when T.T. saw Michelle for the first time at the Great Alaskan Bush Company. He knew he had to have that bush. (laughs) (laughs) He wanted some of that. He like immediately fell head over heels in love with her. Bless his heart. And he was like, I'm going to marry her someday. And he said like he would... He would, like, um, go in to watch her dance, and he'd be locking eyes with her. He wouldn't even care about her body, which is missing the point. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I'm sure he was looking at her body also, but he said, like... He wanted to make eye contact. Yeah, he was, like... He was staring deep into her soul. He wanted her so badly. So only... They dated for about a month, and then he proposes... And she says yes. And he immediately, he's like stage four clinger. He immediately wants to introduce her to his parents. And so they come up from Michigan for a visit. And his mom can tell that he's like madly in love with her. Mm. But anytime T.T. puts his hand around Michelle, she kind of like pulls away a little. And his mom was like, "Eh, I don't think she's as into it as he is, you know. Parents know that stuff. Yeah. They, They know it. They get it. And you can get that sense when somebody's, like, not as into someone as... Like, when me and Lynn are hanging out, everybody's like, oh, my God, I can tell Rose is just not into her. Y'all, she's lying because she, she can't keep her hands off of me. <laughs> it's horrible. Are you done? No. 
I've never done rose. Stop staring at me. I'm staring at you. I'm staring at your big head. (laughs) (laughs) So Michelle and Titi are living together as an engaged couple. And in his eyes, things are, like, amazing. He's got, like, she's very pretty. She's Mm -hmm. a very pretty girl. Um, And just has one of those those personalities that, like, kind of draws people in, you know? Mm -hmm. And they, in quotes, um, in quotes, not quotes. You want to? What am I trying to say? I, I don't. I don't know. Rose, they <laughs> in italics? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know how you verbalize italics. So they, they they both decided that they weren't going to have sex until after marriage, which is like you know they. <laughs> they decided. Yeah, they decided. Hmm. Um, because hmm. she's such a wholesome girl. A whole a wholesome girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, she wasn't really a sex worker. She was just a dancer. Yeah, that's right. Well, you can <laughs> you'll find out she's much more. So, um, Titi would go out on like long fishing trips for his job, and the neighbor said she would have men in and out of that house like a fucking. It was like a circus, like in and <laughs> like out a of revolving house, the revolving door. Whole, yeah, like a revolving door, in and out the whole time he's gone. There was like a take a number thing, like from the deli <laughs> yeah. on the front porch. Yeah, right. <laughs> Now serving number 12. <laughs> she, yeah. No, none of the neighbors told him. Like his friend, he was neighbors with one of his friends and they were like, yeah, we just stayed out of it. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard because I feel like in those situations, though, if you are the one that comes forward, usually you're the one that gets like, right, yeah. they hate you, yeah, right. they blame it on you. Especially like, someone like him who's kind yeah. of in denial about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I... I get that. So in late 1994, Michelle is still dancing at the club and um, a man named Scott Hilke walks in. Hilke was from California and newly divorced and in Alaska for work. So he worked for a power plant and was training people at a different power plant in Alaska. And he'd go to the Bush Company every night. Um. You know, he's like a single, de- newly divorced bush, man. Bush, bush, in the bush. You know I like Sorry, that just came to me. Um, and so they start talking, exchange numbers, start dating, and he falls in love with her and proposes. And she says yes. Wait. Like, quickly. Like, within a month or so. And what's-his-face is out on the boat? No, he's at home. She's at work. Oh. I mean, no. I mean, she's, like, dating him, and and Titi's at home. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you always have to have a backup plan, Rose. Yeah. So she's now engaged to two guys. Okay. So a few months later, a balding 30-year-old, 30-something-year-old man named John Carlin walks into the club, immediately falls in love with her. They start dating, and he proposes with an $11,000 ring, and she says yes. That happened to me one time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, just give me the ring, and we'll talk about the engagement yeah. later. Just give me the ring. I'm going to leave the country. <laughs> so um, Carlin was a widower, and he and his son lived alone in Anchorage. Okay. So he was raising his son by himself. Do you know where in Anchorage, Rose? Alaska. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Not where no, in Alaska, we're in Anchorage. Mm-hmm. What street? What street? 
Yeah. I don't know. I know Anchorage. I know it. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just salmon kidding. Street? Salmon. Salmon Salmon Way. Lane. <laughs> salmon Lane. <laughs> or Bear Lane. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Brown Bear Lane. Um, so, and Carlin actually knew that um, Michelle was in other relationships. But he, by the time he knew, he was already in love with her. So he's like, yeah, what the heck? Like, he actually said that. He, that, that he said, what the heck? Like, that's fine. Sure, so, I'll share the who. I'll share the bush. I don't care. Like, what? It, 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 well, funny thing. She wasn't really sleeping with any oh, of them. Oh, that's right. That's, you said that. She, but if they were all coming know. and going, I, Rose, come on. What was she? They playing cards? Well, I don't know, like, who was coming and going. Might have been other guys that she was. <laughs> there was definitely people coming. <laughs> Someone was coming. <laughs> Someone was coming. <laughs> so that's three fiancés in 18 months. And no, and nobody's coming. Nobody's coming. I don't believe that at all. I mean, they might be coming, but she's not helping them. <laughs> I don't believe that either. Um, she did seem to be more um, actually like Hilke, Scott Hilke. Um, cause she, she tends to like actually, so she might've actually been sleeping with him, but TT, she was not sleeping with cause they were waiting for marriage. Mm-hmm. And then Carlin, she slept with like once. Were they tripping Paul? And that's what he says. So, I mean, he said they tripped and fell and just happened. Prob- probably she, he was like, Oh, you know, like we need to seal the deal. I want some, if you want to get money, you know, that's how you keep them coming back. Yeah. You sleep with them and keep them coming back. Why buy the pig? Well, she didn't buy the pig. She just engaged to the pig. <laughs> she was just filing its nails. <laughs> <laughs> so on Thanksgiving Day, T.T. and Michelle discovered... So Michelle had bought a house um, for like $64,000 mm-hmm. somewhere in Anchorage. And T.T., they were living together. So they discovered a like large dry rot problem in the house. Mm. And so they had to move out immediately and have it repaired. And they were going to be gone for a few months. And luckily, her friend John Carlin was like, hey, I have extra room. Why don't you guys move in here? You know, her other fiance. And so... T.T. has no idea at this point. He kind of does. It's a very, it's very weird. She must be magical. I I don't know what she's she's got going on. She has a platinum vagine. But he doesn't even know that because he has had sex with her. But maybe it shines bright like a diamond. (laughs) (laughs) It must. Well, she was up there dancing and like shy. It was like a laser and it got in his eyes and it was like meant like because it was uh, covered by her bush. That's true. Because you have to have a bush. But if it had memorizing capabilities, then that's true. The lights would shine out of it. Sucked him into her bush with the light. I like Ooh. my I like my story. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Titi and Michelle move in with Carlin and his teenage son. And Carlin had won some kind of lawsuit before he moved to Alaska, so he had a, a lot of money. Mm. And he uses it to spoil the shit out of her. He buys her um, like really expensive gifts, takes her on weeks long trips, like. Ugh. I don't know what they told TT. Like, we're going to Europe for a few weeks. <laughs> we're just friends. I don't, I don't know. Um, so he took her on a European vacation, bought her a $3,000 fur coat, jewelry, whatever she wants. And she's only had sex with him one time. So while this is all going on, TT's at home, and he's like the house mom. Like, he's 
taking care of the ironing and cleaning the house and good for him. <laughs> I mean, I guess somebody has to do it. Carlin's too busy, you know, running off with Michelle. And she's still seeing John Hilke, I mean Scott Hilke at this point. And they all know about each other. But oh my God. she tells um each of them that she's I don't I mean they appear to know that she's dating all of them. I don't think they all know that she's engaged, but how do you pull that off? Like, you're living with him. Are you not wearing your engagement She's living ring? with two of the guys she's engaged with at the same time. So you? does she just swap the ring like every 30 seconds? I don't know. It's so weird. Unless she says something like, I don't want to wear the ring around him because it'll make him jealous. That's the only thing I can figure. I, I don't know. Maybe. And she's, yeah. I'm trying she, to think of. She's so man- manipulative that it. Who knows what she says? So around the end of 1995, Hilke has finally had enough. He realizes that it's not going to change. And so he leaves Alaska and they break up. But they still would see each other. Um, She would fly. I think he went to California and she would fly down there and he'd fly up and they'd still see each other all the time. And so Carlin sees this as his opportunity to really woo her and their relationship gets more serious. Because now she has a little extra time. Got rid of one of the men. Yeah. Meanwhile, Titi is still planning his wedding to Michelle. (laughs) She's just going to show up. (laughs) (laughs) And his parents think they're like in a regular, normal relationship. And they're like waiting till here when they should buy their tickets to come to the wedding. Oh, good God. In the spring of 96, Michelle tells Hilke that Carlin and Titi have been snooping and reading her emails. And, you know, 1996 is like when email, I think, first came, became popular. And so she was like, there's lots of emails in this story. Mm-hmm. She was very, very into writing. Yeah, that was like, there was no nothing else but email yeah, at this right. point. Yeah, right. And she realizes that they're snooping. And so she changes her email address, lets Hilke know that she's changed it. Um, but then TT emails Hilke. So I guess like they were all, they all knew each other. Mm-hmm. And he tells them that he knows that he and Michelle are trying to hide their relationship by changing the email and that it has caused a lot of resentment. And he just wants to be friends with Hilke and put the resentment behind him. Huh. <laughs> like, what? Why would you want to be friends with him? Why can't we all just get along? Yeah. Guys? Let's just have a threesome. Kumbaya, foursome. my lord. Kumbaya. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that, Lynn. That was great. <laughs> that was it. for my fans. You're welcome. <laughs> tip your hat. Tip your hat. So, in the meantime, Michelle gets herself another boyfriend. Brent Riddell lives in Barrow, which is up north. Barrow is, that's where Caitlin lived when she went up there and stayed with sorry to interrupt you she went up and stayed with a friend there for like six weeks oh really and it's like the northern like yeah it's on the arctic ocean oh and they have like polar bear like you have like when the buildings in barrow when there's like a cage around the door so you walk out and you stand in the cage and you look and make sure there's no um polar bears what before you go to your car because polar bears hunt people are you serious? Yes, it's insane. And so there's certain times of the year you have to be very careful because they'll hunt people. I mean, it's that's all, crazy. Yeah, they're insane. So Caitlin was the, stayed with a girlfriend of hers that lived up there it was during the pandemic, and they they like 
in it's a tiny it's a very small town yeah. but they um like they like they'll catch some seal and then see some seals and then everybody will get together and help clean them and and they all share the meat and if a polar bear so what happens is when the polar bears like migrate they get on um the ice and they go out across the arctic ocean but if they <laughs> They go out somewhere. I, I want to say the Arctic. But if they miss the ice, like if it like because the ice is melting and it yeah. breaks away, if they miss it, then they're stuck in the town. And there's like a committee oh. of people that are only allowed to kill the polar bears. Like you can shoot a polar bear in the chest with a gun like four times and it won't face it because they're really? so big. So they have like a committee of people that can only hunt polar bears because it's like pretty serious and they don't want to just kill them randomly. Yeah. It's That's insane. Sad. It's like when Caitlin was there, she's like, I tried bear? seal. No, she didn't see any. But she tried seal when she was there. She's like, it's really weird, Mom. The meat's black. And I was like. Oh. How did it taste? She said it's very fatty. Which I, which I would think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. But That's isn't that weird? Would say if they yeah. So she lives me. in Barrow. And you can like you can see Russia from Barrow. Oh, really? It's so weird. Yeah. Like That's all the stuff so she was telling you about. I was like. So I got on Google Maps and I was looking at Barrow. I'm like, this is not. Yeah, now I need to look. <laughs> yeah. Look the house that she lived in is the northernmost residence in the United States. Oh, really? Yeah. The house that she was living That's in. That's crazy. Isn't that cool? So a little tidbit of information, folks. Wow. You're welcome. I learned so much from you. Yeah. My daughter's pretty badass, y'all. Actually, all my kids are. But she only likes that daughter. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely Kate not true. My, her kids, favorite. my kids know better. No. You know, sorry to go off topic again, but I was reading something and somebody was like, "You had to read." Well, I was looking at pictures. Okay. And someone was like, um, "Don't pretend you don't have a favorite child. Like everybody has a favorite child." Yeah. And all these people were commenting, like, "Yeah, I definitely have a favorite." And I'm like, and then there were people like me who were like. I seriously do not have a favorite child. No, I don't. I I mean, I think at certain times you're like more proud of one or right. you, you're closer to one. Casey's a lot like me. Yeah. And she so sure I find is. a lot of common ground with her. Yeah. And she lives the closest. So she and I are very close, but I'm very close to all of my kids. Yeah, I think I like I don't feel like even the any way you talk are, about them, I wouldn't be able to say that one of them is your favorite. I there's I do not love any of them any more than I love the other. I love them. But all she loves equally. me more than she loves any of them. So. No, that's not true. <laughs> I mean, they all make me crazy at certain times. But I even when I'm mad at one of them for whatever reason. Yeah, you don't like, like I, them I any still less. love them just right, as much yeah. as I love the other kids. Yeah, I don't understand. I there's, thought that was really weird. I'm like. I didn't know people actually felt that way about their kids. My girl's dad definitely had a favorite. And he was, it was painfully obvious. Yeah. It was awful. My grandparents were the same way. They, um, like, my grandfather liked my mom and my grandmother liked my aunt. That's so weird. I and everybody, I mean, everybody knew it. It's, and it's not like they didn't like the other one. It was just that they favored that. Was I, the don't, favorite. I don't understand that because I, I can't imagine ever can't feeling either. that way. I don't, like, I seriously can't. Don't like any of my kids more than the other. All of my kids pretty much equally drove me crazy when they were teenagers. Chris wasn't as bad as the two girls, but they equally drove me crazy. Yeah. yeah. But I love them all equally. Absolutely. So. I even like them all the same amount. Yeah. Like, not just love them. You know what I mean? Like, I I think I think they're all fine. They're fine. They go through phases <laughs> where you, you, you want to kill each of them at different times. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, but but it's like a, a day or a night. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. It's not exactly. like months or yeah. years. No. I know. I don't understand that yeah, either. I definitely. I, I know people that, I know people like that. It's it's definitely not. I was just really shocked to see how many people were saying, like, agreeing with that person. I'm like, 
That is insane and very sad. It is sad. Because the kids notice it, absolutely. Yeah, there's no way to to not have them notice it, you know? Yeah. Even my nephews were, like, they're like, tell me who your favorite is. Tell me which, which of us is your favorite, my favorite nephew. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I seriously don't like either of you any more than the other. <laughs> I don't like either one of you, first of all. <laughs> Let's get this clear. No. I'm the same way with my nieces. I but love them But they were both. really, yeah. really, like, all my kids were trying to get me to tell them which of my nephews was my favorite. And I'm like... I seriously feel the exact same way about both yeah. of you. Yeah. That's weird. And you're getting on my nerves right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you right now, so shut up. <laughs> no. um, so anyway, so Brent regularly sends Michelle money, and he thinks that she's, like, planning to move up to live in Barrel with him. And nobody knows about him. He's just, like, another random person oh that gives God. her money, lets, him, lets her borrow his car, whatever. So, in late April, T.T. calls his mom and says he's driving to Hope, Alaska. Do you know Hope? Mm. Because he can't find Michelle, and he's heard that she's in Hope. And so, his mom is like, what are you, what do you mean you're going there to look for her? Like, <laughs> that's, a, that's a very small village. You're, do you know where she is? Or He's like, I know she's in a cabin somewhere. And she's like, well, what's your plan? Like, <laughs> yeah. are you going to go knock on all the doors? And Yeah, I mean, especially if it's like, if it's a, you know, local people village right they're not he's not gonna get a warm welcome no exactly and so at so he goes to hope i don't know what happens there but he um calls his mom betsy when he comes back and says he had never found michelle but that carlin knows where she is and he's not telling her i mean he's not telling him and so not too long before all of this T.T. had mailed his parents a letter. And in that letter, there was a note and then another envelope with another letter in it. Mm -hmm. And the note said to put this envelope into their safety deposit box and only open it if something were to happen to him. And his parents actually listened. Like, I would have been like, I would have opened that motherfucker right away. (laughs) Why wouldn't you open it? I I would totally. Why would you not open it? Absolutely not. I I would have been like, no. Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't even have tried to steam it open or nothing. I would have opened it right up. (laughs) I don't care. That means that you're suspicious that somebody's like going to hurt you. So why? I'm going to step in. Yeah, something's going on. Break some fucking kneecaps. Yeah. Yeah, don't send me a letter like that. That's like somebody telling you, like, oh, I need to talk talk to you about something, but I'm going to talk to you about it later. Or, uh, no, you're not. You're going to tell me right now. Or somebody puts up a wet paint sign. Come on, I'm always going to touch it to see if it's really wet. <laughs> I do that all the time at work. <laughs> They're always like touching up paint, and I'm like, <laughs> is it really wet? So if they don't put the wet paint sign, nobody will touch it. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> it's just a test. They're like, I know. They have I have a camera on it to see who's actually going to touch it. I don't it. know why I do it, but I always have to go bloop, and then my fingerprints <laughs> in the paint, and I'm like, oh, damn it. That's so funny. So, on May 2nd, 1996, an electrical crew happened to be in the woods near Hope, and they were, like, inspecting some meters, and one of them spotted a red jacket in the woods. And so they're like, oh, probably some hikers or something left yeah. some something out here. You know, we better go pick it up. Because there's, like, nothing around here. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that they were there is crazy because... Nobody goes there for months on end, and right. they just happen to go out there to like check the meters because there was some issue with the power or something. Well, there's probably not meters out there. They're probably checking the lines. The same meters? Oh, uh, maybe it was lines. Well, there's probably meters on the lines. I don't know. 
Um, you don't think there's meters? Not. I mean, there's meters on uh, a building, but there's not going to be meters like. Oh, you're probably right. Maybe it was just lines. I don't know. Anyway, you want to read the story? <laughs> My dad was an electrician, Rose. I know a lot about electricity. <laughs> I know nothing about electricity, so we'll go with the lines. Okay. So they're inspecting some lines that they see a red jacket. Or well, they see something red, and so they go up closer, and it's a red jacket. And they go to pick it up and realize that it's a man laying there. Oh, he had no. been shot three times, oh, shit. and there were... Three empty forty-four caliber shell casings on the ground near his body. But no murder weapon, just the shell casings and dead body. And they couldn't determine the exact time of death, but they narrowed it. I mean, they obviously called the cops and right. so they weren't like trying to determine. Yeah. The, yeah, they were like, like hmm. I think he's been here about The six last hours. podcast I listened to talked about <laughs> lividity. Lividity. Li- I can't say the word now. Lividity. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I so um they narrowed it down to between six and 48 hours prior to his mm-hmm. body being found. And so they were able to quickly identify his body because he had his driver's license in his pocket, in his wallet. That's helpful. And so they contact his parents to let them know. And the lip, lip, lip pinks are like, oh, my God, we got that letter. They had just received it. And so they're like, let's we have to open it now, you know. Well, you didn't say it was him. You didn't say it was TT. I didn't? No. Oh. <laughs> I guess it's TT, y'all. <laughs> the mystery solved. <laughs> I was like, who is it? And you're like, his parents got them. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Rose, you left that out. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I didn't say that. <laughs> it's not even like I skipped it. I just didn't write it. <laughs> well, okay. I knew it, Lynn. <laughs> I knew it, too. I got it. I got it. But some of our people might be half listening, working, yeah, or doing that's something. True. So we want to so, make sure they're on... T.T.'s body was his... They look at his license and it's T.T. So they call his parents, tell him. They open the letter. And this is what the letter says. This is not word for word, but this is the gist. Since you're reading this, I, you assume I am dead. It was my time and there is nothing that can change that. There are a few things that I would like you to do for me, though. I hate to be vindictive in my death, but paybacks are hell. Use the information in clothes to take Michelle down. Make sure she is prosecuted. And then it's bullet points. Fraud. She took me for a lot of money on the impression that we were getting married. This may be hard to prove without me present, but give it a shot. It's a Class B felony in Alaska. 15000 could be proved because you sent it to us. I guess they'd like loaned him 15000 Yeah. Or maybe it was for the wedding it. or maybe, something. Yeah, and she probably spent it or something. Yeah. Insurance fraud. Have the IRS audit her. Turn her in. Michelle fraudulently used Carlin's medical insurance and didn't report her dancing income to the IRS. She goes on to accuse Carlin, Hilke, and Michelle of his murder and says to make sure that they get burned and that Michelle goes to prison for a long time. But to make sure that they visit her and tell her that I love her and that I will always love her. And that you love her too and please help her. Wait, what? Help her. <laughs> he just said to make sure she's make sure she's like nailed on a cross. But, but help her. What I are know. they going to carry the cross for? What, yeah. is, what is he talking about? I don't. Oh my lord! In he's heaven. very complicated. He's a complicated man. And so they immediately have three suspects. So they go to Carlin's house where the three of them lived. Carlin, T.T., Michelle, and 
along with Carl and Son, and they start talking to Michelle. Mm-hmm. Michelle like was like, oh. Who's they? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Cause right, I just realized I didn't say that. Let me start. Let me start that over. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I'm missing something. <laughs> I was like, I don't think I said the police. The police. Uh, the mass. The police. The popo cut us down. So the popo go to Carlin's house where the three of them lived along with Carlin's son. And they start talking to Michelle. And Michelle was like, oh, what's wrong? So sh- they don't know that TT's dead yet. The police don't. <clears throat> no, so the, why are they the there? Police, <laughs> Michelle and Carlin don't know. Oh, okay. Well, they haven't been notified. Hmm. So notified, <laughs> air quotes, air, notified. Air quotes, okay. that's what I wanted to say. Air oh. quotes. <laughs> <laughs> like, quotations. <laughs> what did Dumbass. you say? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, maybe there is 8% alcohol in there. <laughs> Quotations. Italics. They. <laughs> on italics. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Hashtag star. Pound, pound. <laughs> so Michelle was like, oh, what's wrong? I've been out of, vac- I've been out of town on vacation at Lake Tahoe with my boyfriend. Oh, please. For the last few days. And so... They tell her, and she's like, oh, my God, he's dead. Like, just Ugh. real dramatic crying. Yeah. Hmm. So sad. And she's shocked, you know, because she didn't know he was dead. And so they continue talking to her, and they are like, you know, do you know anyone that would want to harm him? And she's like, well, he was very sneaky, and he does lie a lot. He did lie a lot. So, And he also kept people's Social Security numbers, and I don't know why he did that. I don't know how he had access to Maybe it was a hobby, screen. Rose. <laughs> Probably stealing from them, I assume. <laughs> like he did his family. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot about that. He did so steal from his family. the officers immediately like, got a weird feeling from her and were like, mm, something's not right, you know? Yeah. And so they talked to Carla and they contact Scott Hilke. And he's like, I wasn't even in Alaska at the time. I was, um, a few days before that, Michelle had contacted me and asked me if I wanted to meet her in Lake Tahoe to spend some time together. And so they were in Lake Tahoe for a few days. Huh. So they give Hilke a polygraph and he fails it. Never take a polygraph, people. But, yeah, I mean, who knows if that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, you who can't knows depend if, on them yeah, at all. You can't, that's not dependable at all. So, and this Stop was trying like. to show your armpits on TV. <laughs> they are sexy. You see what I have to put up with y'all? You see? I'll show my boobs next. <laughs> okay. Now you're getting out of hand. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. What did I just do? Oh, would you delete okay. the whole fucking thing again? <laughs> First of all, I did that like six months ago. Okay, bitch. You've done it twice. Okay. Well, the first time we were just getting started, <laughs> it, and I didn't delete it, my computer died. Oh my god, that was so the second funny. time I had too much to drink, and I, it. And I couldn't read. Which the is prompt. also your fault. Oh, well, it's my fault. Absolutely, <laughs> you overserved. Again, yes, every day. That's right. So they, the police, decide that they're just going to believe Hilke, and so they're like, "All right, you're good." They didn't check his phone records. They didn't check airline records. Bank records, nothing. They were just like, oh, you're good. Go on your way. 
I guess he's just like. But a, he failed the polygraph. He failed the polygraph. But yeah. they said, yeah, we're not, you know. It's but not they didn't even look into it, the rest of it. Like even when he failed, they didn't bother to look into anything. That's some lazy, lazy police work. Oh, shit. I mean, this is the Hope Police, and the Hope Hope yeah. was like a really small town, yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not surprising. So they then bring Michelle down to the station for questioning, mm-hmm. and she brings up the fact that TT did own a gun. And that he also had a $1 million life insurance policy that she was paying for. Oh, well, isn't that convenient, Rose? (laughs) Yeah. And so um, what she didn't know was that not too long, like days before his death, T.T. went and changed the beneficiary of his life insurance policy because he thought that they were going to try to kill him. Work! So... Now mama and daddy's got all the money, right? So a few days later, they're like, you know, investigating and looking through his car and stuff. And they find a note in his car, in T.T.'s car, that hinted at a setup between Michelle and Carlin. Hmm. The note said that Carlin had purchased... This was a note from Carlin to Michelle. Okay. And it said that Carlin had purchased a cabin in Hope and that Michelle was welcome to use it. Hmm. And it's very confusing because this is... It sounds like it was like a typed letter from him to her, and then it was she wrote on the letter. <laughs> like she printed out the email and wrote like a note on it. What'd she write? He said that he had purchased a cabin in Hope and she was welcome to use it. Right. And then he said he's fixed the roof and cleaned the fireplace. You guys enjoy your stay, making it sound like Michelle wasn't going to be alone, right? Mm-hmm. And so she wrote back, great, please don't let anyone know where we're at. Love you and thanks again. And prosecutors think that the note was meant to lure Titi to Hope in search of Michelle, who mm-hmm. was actually in Lake Tahoe with Hilke. Oh, so like they just left the letter laying or, or the email. Right. Like laying out. Yeah. Like he wrote her an email. She it, printed it out. Right. Wrote him a note back. Like, oh, he'll find this if he. So she wrote her response in pen on the thing. That's what it sounded like to me, which I think is very weird. Maybe she, it was 1996. Maybe she responded so. and then printed out. The email and her response. Yeah. Or maybe she wanted it to seem like legit. So she printed it out and was like, oh, um, I'm printing it out and writing you this note so that you know. So you'll see the note before, like right when you get home or whatever. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you put it on the kitchen yeah. counter. And of course it worked because his mom knew that he had driven to Hope looking for Michelle talking about right. a cabin. Mm-hmm. And so he had obviously read the letter. And... Carlin and Titi knew that, I mean, Carlin and Michelle knew that this would work because a few months prior to this, Carlin had taken Michelle to, I think it was Louisiana, and Titi showed up one morning in their hotel room with breakfast and was like, oh, I got you guys some breakfast. What? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, what the fuck? Like, oh, like kind of passive aggressively, like I caught you guys, but oh, here's some breakfast. Oh my god, that's How so creepy. Weird is that? And then she made Titi drive her car home to Alaska while she rode back with Carlin <laughs> from Louisiana. <laughs> I think it was Louisiana. You can't really. Well, I guess you can drive a car to Alaska, but it's nearly impossible. I mean, it's like far. It might not be Louisiana, but it was. I remember it being far away when I. Yeah, I mean, you can go up through Canada and go through the tundra and all that stuff, but you, or you can go to Washington State. I mean, they were in the U.S. somewhere. 
Oh my God! It's no matter where you are, it's right. It's going to be a long ass drive. Yeah. And for some reason, they had driven down separately, and so she was like, "Oh, drive my car back. I'm going to ride back with him." That's weird. <laughs> yeah, it just blows my mind. The whole thing is so fucking weird. So the investigators had no witnesses, no murder weapon, and no direct evidence, and hmm. so the case went cold. And there's turnover at the station, and the case just kind of sits there. And Carlin and Michelle both leave Alaska separately. Mm-hmm. She went to Calif- She went to Washington State, and he went somewhere else. And so she moves to Washington State. She goes to college and studies biology and psychology, and she gets a master's in public administration. And in 1998, she marries a young doctor named Colin Linehan, and they have a daughter together and live in Olympia, Washington. Mm-hmm. She's an intern at the United States Ethics Board. <laughs> she volunteers at her daughter's Catholic school, and she works in a crisis center counseling people impacted by, su- by suicide and rape victims. And she's very involved in her church and is involved, involved in their social justice programs. So she's, like, trying to get into heaven, you know? She's like, oh, my God. Or, like, trying to put on some kind of show. I, I, you know, I'm just this wonderful... I think she's a little bit of a faker. Totally. So for eight years, she's living the suburban mom life. Mm -hmm. Until one day, police knock at her door. And she wasn't home, but they told Colin that he had 45 minutes to find her and bring her down to the station. And... When she gets there, she says, they asked for clarification of certain statements I had made in the past. I tried to help them as much as I could, she said. I was shocked by it. I was just really shaken up. Please. So Detective Linda Branchflower had joined Alaska's new cold case unit, and the investigators there decided to open up old murder cases, which is how they came upon this one. And... Detective Branchflower, like, after investigating and and delving into um, Michelle's life, she's like, Michelle could change herself to fit any situation and play any roles. She's deadly. She knew she she had her card from the start, you know. We went where the evidence led us, and there wasn't anything in our investigation to indicate anybody else could have done it. So they for sure thought it was um, Carlin and Michelle. Mm. So despite his failed polygraph, polygraph. (laughs) Say say one one more time. Despite his failed polygraph. Polygraph. (laughs) Is that like a holograph with a P? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) what it is. Um, Scott Hilke was ruled out. They did try to investigate to see if there was anything that indicated that Hilke had known about it, but they Mm -hmm. couldn't find anything on him. And I think they went back and looked at, like, whatever they could, like airline records and whatever Mm -hmm. they could dig up and... They ruled him out completely. So Branch Flower digs up Michelle's old computers. They had them, like, stored somewhere. And they were able to recover a bunch of her old emails that she had deleted, but Ooh. they... Were they never go them. away, y'all. I know. They never go away. And they pull up emails between her and all four of them. <clears throat> well, between all four of them. Her, TT, Michelle, and... No. <laughs> Does Michelle have two personalities? <laughs> she kind of does. I mean, <laughs> TT, TT, Carlin, Hilke, and Michelle. Okay, the four of them. 
And they help her, they help to give her a better understanding of their relationships. Mm-hmm. For some reason, these people lived together and nearby, and they were emailing each other all the fucking time, which I guess they were like, oh, my God, this is so cool. We can yeah, email back, each other. Yeah, back in the day, people emailed a lot. Yeah. So I guess it'd be like texting now. Yeah, exactly. But you think you like have to get home, check your computer. <laughs> but I think people like I remember like sending emails like, hey, how you been? How's your day? Blah, blah, blah. Like kind of like you would a text message. I remember that. Time. But you would send it to like me? Yeah. I guess that's true. And you'd get home and you look at your computer and respond to all your emails. Yeah. So one of the emails between Michelle and Titi said, you should not be concerned about John. He is more of a brother. That's Carlin. He is more of a brother or even a father to me. I only had sex with him one time. (laughs) Just once. (laughs) I tripped and fell. (laughs) But in an email to John Carlin, she wrote, you are the most important thing in my life. I need you more than you will ever know. So she was obviously, like, manipulating everyone. Yeah. And the detectives could see that. Then there was an email from Michelle to Carlin days before the murder that said, Did you know that you can buy citizenship in the Seychelles for around $10 million? No matter what crimes you have committed, they will not extradite. So that's pretty damning. Where is it? Seychelles. The Seychelles. How do you, pronounce, how do you spell it? It's in off the coast of Africa. S-E-Y-C-H-E-L-L-E-S. Hmm. Never heard of it. I'm probably saying it wrong. I'll look into that later. <laughs> I mean, I Google to see how you say it, and that's if how you... they if they don't extradite, then you have a bunch of fucking criminals living there, right? right? I mean, Isn't it like yeah, <laughs> exactly. I would think so, right? All these criminals are like there. Like, yeah. why would you make that law? I don't know. Because you want to harbor criminals, maybe they needed people. Well, because to live you there. know, if you get criminals that have a whole bunch of money and then go stay there, that's true. Like Donald Trump. Hmm. He might be headed there soon. <laughs> tremendous. It's very tremendous. A tremendous place. It's huge. It's huge. huge. It's huge. <laughs> That's my favorite one. So what Branch Flower really needed was a weapon. She didn't have a weapon, and so she didn't really have a case. So she decided that she'd talk to Carlin's son, who was 17 at the time of the murder. Mm-hmm. And... I'm not sure if anyone had talked to him previously or not, but um, she talks to him now. And he tells them that prior to the murder, his bo- his father had brought, bought a 44 caliber from someone, um, from an ad in the newspaper, who placed an ad in the newspaper. Oh, good grief. And so she's able to find the ad, the original ad, and contact the person. I guess they still had the same number. Oh and confirms that it was him that bought the gun. And then... Um, his son, who's also named John, tells Branch Flower that the day of the murder, he came into the house. Michelle was standing in the doorway of the bathroom. His father was there as well. And the gun was in the sink. And it was soaking in some sort of chemical. And I don't know why this didn't come out before. Like, they must have not even talked to the son. Yeah. So Well, the son was, oh, he was 16 at the time. So they would he have He was talked. 17, yeah. yeah. 17, yeah. That's, I mean. Yeah, I don't know why they, they didn't or... Maybe they didn't. He didn't say anything at the yeah. time. I don't know. So they do a little more work. And in the fall of 2006, a decade after the crime, Michelle and Carlin were indicted for T.T.'s murder. Nice. Michelle immediately posted bail. Somebody, like, paid for her bail, I think. Some, like, guy, I'm sure. 
But well, Carlin, her rich husband. Carlin couldn't afford it, so he spent six months in jail waiting for his court case. <laughs> she took all his money. So even though T.T. had named Carlin as one of his probable killers in his letter, his defense team tried to cast suspicion on anyone but him. They even tried to blame it on his son and say that oh my he, God. he maybe he had a relationship with Michelle and he they were just to trying to they were just trying to throw out a reasonable yeah. doubt. That's all. Yeah. But still, but I would so not let them up. use my son. No. Absolutely not. And I think he had to have known that, you know. Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I'd hope what they're, I guess what they're trying to do is discredit him so that when he takes a stand with the story about the gun washing, Mm -hmm. the jury's like, oh, is he hiding something? Yeah, Yeah. right. Wondering why he's telling that story. True. But their, um, main, you know, suspect in the killing is Michelle, the the defense, the defense's defense, (laughs) defense, (laughs) the defense's defense. It's not fair that they spell these words all the same. (laughs) You know, when you're like reading something, you're like, wait. I know. I know. I do it all. Are you kidding me? I listened to mine last week and I was like, God, I trip over every other freaking word. I hate it. It's hard. I don't want to say anything, but. (laughs) Shut up, bitch. I really didn't notice. So they said that she was a manipulative seductress and an evil woman who committed the crime herself and Mm. used Carlin as a scapegoat. Hmm. That she killed Titi for his million-dollar life insurance policy. But she didn't get it, bitch! Yeah, and, I mean, she really... She didn't know She that. wasn't even in Alaska at the time. Which kind of proves that theory wrong. Mm-hmm. So, Wait. She, w- she was at Lake Tahoe with Hilke. Oh, that's right. Okay, sorry. I and Hilke says that he thinks they were just trying to use him as, like, uh, um, alibi? Alibi, yeah, without him knowing. Mm. Now, I don't know if you knew about it or not, but... So Carlin said um, about his trial, they talked so much about Michelle that he's like, one day I sat there all day long and all they did was talk about Michelle. Mm. I mean, I didn't even have to be there that day. <laughs> oh, my God. So, meanwhile, Michelle's back home in Olympia awaiting her trial, but his... Carlin's defense attorneys are saying, like, none of this would have happened without her, which is true. Mm-hmm. Right. And the prosecution then brings up the Hope note, which is the note saying that there's a cabin in Hope and blah, right. blah, blah. And they said that the plan was for the note was to lure T.T. out to Hope where Michelle and Carlin would kill him. But Carlin says that's wrong, that it was just a prank so Michelle would be free of him on her trip to see Hilke so that he'd be busy looking for her and she could go to go with Hilke. Yeah. And he says he didn't want, he actually didn't want her to go with Hilke, but he really wanted to please her. So he mm-hmm. just let it go. But of course, Titi's body ended up in hope. So that kind of looks bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Their story's kind of shot there. Then Carlin's son testifies about the gun in the sink. And that along with the Seychelles email was kind of the nail in the coffin for Carlin. They couldn't explain it away. And so the prosecution says that Michelle went out of town. Carlin took Titi to Hope. Somehow Carlin takes Titi into those woods and shoots him in the back. Titi turns around, falls down, and Carlin shoots him in the stomach and the face. Shot him in the face. After almost four days, jurors reached a verdict finding John Carlin guilty as charged of first-degree murder. Mm. 
At sentencing, he gets the maximum of, of 99 years in prison. Shit. Not eligible for parole until 2041. Back in Olympia, Michelle's friends are struggling to accept that the church-going PTA mom, entrepreneur, and devoted wife they know has such a colorful past. Yeah. Her she husband, got them Her husband, Colin, doesn't believe any of it. He says that he knew all about her past as a stripper. Her goal was to save money for college, and it was something that I could definitely respect. She had absolutely no intention of doing that the rest of her life. And about her boyfriend, he said, I didn't really ask any probing questions. I mean, I understood that she had relationships with all three of them at one point in time. But he said that she only ever intended to marry Hilke. She didn't really like the other guy. She only wanted to marry Hilke. But she got engaged to TT first. Yeah, but she told Colin. She didn't tell Colin she was engaged to them. Right. Okay. She told him she was engaged to Hilke only. And she's like, how... Like, how would I have manipulated them? How is a 21 or 22-year-old girl going to make grown men do these things? You're a girl. girl. You're, what did you say? Platinum vagine. Platinum vagine. (laughs) (laughs) But prosecutors say that a message to Titi suggests that she had every reason to think he was very much in the picture. Like, she was saying, I didn't care about Titi. We weren't really engaged. He just was, you know, really into me, and I wasn't into him. But And I wasn't leading him on, is what she was saying. Bullshit. And so the letter says, My darling Kent, if you still want to marry me, we should just go and do it. We should get married within the next month. We should just do it and start our life. But she maintains that he was not her fiancé. She only pretended to be engaged to him to get him off the hook with his parents because he was hiding a painful secret. Hmm. What do you think that was? A painful secret. Yeah. Who, T.T.? T.T. was hiding a painful secret from his parents. So they were pretending he was engaged to Michelle. <gasps> oh. He's a homosexual. <laughs> oh, no. He's going to hell, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so she said, I think T.T. was gay. I think he wanted to have a life that was thought to be normal. He could never tell his family that he was gay. And oh. his mom says, that's bullshit. She's like... T.T. could have told us he was gay and we would not have cared. And he knows that. Like, Mm -hmm. they were totally accepting. And you can tell that they were... I mean, he stole from their family business and they're still, like... They still loved him, right? Yeah. So, he tell Like, the the prosecutors are using that as, like... So, Michelle's lawyer say that it was all Carlin. Carlin lured T.T. out of hope and killed him so that he could have Michelle all to himself. Hmm. You can call her a lying bitch. You can call her a psychopath. You can call her a sociopath. But the bottom line is, that's not who she is. That's her husband, Colin. <laughs> he's uh, excuse also, me, sir. I have news for you. <laughs> he's also way in deep. Mm. So under Alaska law, all they had to do was convince the jury that Michelle was in on the plan to kill TT. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to have pulled the trigger or anything. She wow. would have been just as guilty having been in on the plan. Wow. Which is kind of crazy. So for her case, they had the life insurance policy, the Hope Note, the Seychelles Note or email, and Mm -hmm. the washing of the gun, and then all her other emails. Mm -hmm. The jurors take two days to decide, and their verdict is guilty of murder in the first degree. And asked if she was able to accept the verdict, Michelle said in tears, I don't know that I could really accept it. You know, I think I, I did the best that I could. For Kent's family, the whole experience has been bittersweet. His mother said, if we could have just taken our son home with us, you know, 
if he would have just been the prize for winning, if that would have just been the prize for winning, but we can't ever do that. He's still gone. He wasn't perfect, but we loved him. We love him today. We love the memory of him. They were talking about winning the um, court case. Oh, Michelle going to... They they wish the prize, you know, was instead of her going to jail, it was just them taking their son home. Mm -hmm. So Scott Hilkey said, I think she's inherently evil. I believe to this day that I was a mark from the get-go. I'm the lucky one. I wasn't involved in any crimes and I'm not dead. So this gets a little crazy. So the gun used to murder Kent was never found. And for years, Carlin adamantly denied knowing anything about the gun used to kill him. But in a recent jailhouse interview, Carlin now says that he not only owned a 44 Desert Eagle, he thinks it was probably the murder weapon. Oh, just sure, dude. He claims that shortly before TT disappeared, the gun mysteriously vanished too, only to magically turn up in a closet after the murder. I found that gun. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. John found that gun, his son, in the closet. And I heard Michelle yelling, don't touch it. Don't touch it. So he's kind of trying to blame it on Michelle. Yeah. yeah. Carlin says he rounded the corner and came face to face with a glaring Michelle. Worried his son's fingerprints were now on the gun, he washed it and got rid of it by throwing it into a dumpster. Oh, well, there's that. But Carlin says that he knows that Michelle didn't pull the trigger. Asked who did, he says, good question, but it wasn't me. Hmm. So he also said about Michelle, it is indefinable. Whatever she needs to be, she is. You'll never, ever sit down and get Michelle. Hmm. You never will. Not now, not 10 years from now. You will never get Michelle. You will get what she wants at that particular time to portray to you. I know people like that. So he finally got her card. But he was still kind of like on her side. Like, it's kind of weird. So the judge sentenced Michelle to 99 years. Her first chance at parole not coming until she's 68. And she has a... How old's her kid? I don't know. She was little. Oh. Um, I think she was born in 98 or 99. So fucked up. That poor kid. But two years later, in 2010, her... Michelle's attorney wins an appeal. And the court reverses her conviction for murder. And they say that Kent's letter from the grave, the letter he sent to his parents... Pointing the finger at her never should have been allowed into um, in as evidence. And the why? same with the movie. I don't know why they said that. Well, because it's is it like hearsay because they can't prove that he wrote it? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, the same with the movie. Last seduct- last the last seduct. Speak this- up, Rhodes. What are you trying to say, Rhodes? <laughs> the same with the movie. The last seduction, which. The appeals judge said had nothing to do at all with Michelle's case. So during the court case, Michelle's friend testified that Michelle was obsessed with the movie The Last Seduction. And that movie was about a woman who persuaded persuaded her lover to kill her husband for money and for their future. Hmm. So it kind of mirrored their life. But really, they shouldn't have let it in because it doesn't really matter. And it probably didn't help that much, you know? Yeah. So she is presumed innocent. And although prosecutors said they would try, they would like to try her again, a guilty verdict may be less likely now due to a shocking turn of events. John Carlin, who was in prison, was in a prison fight in 2008 and beaten to death. And because his appeal was pending at the time he died, his court case was entirely thrown out. 
So he's no longer convicted of killing Titi. Oh, so, oh. And so without being able to mention Carlin's conviction, if they were to bring a new case against Michelle, they don't think they have enough to convince a jury to convict her. And so after mm-hmm. two years, they dismissed the murder indictment. And she was free to go. I mean, she was already free, but they completely dismissed everything. So she spent four years in jail or two years in jail? I think you said, I couldn't remember if you said four or two. Said, you said four years later. I thought you said four years later. More or, than two years later. Two years later. Okay. Oh my and God. so without his, yeah, so they, so with John Carlin's case thrown out after he was killed in prison, prison his son sued the state of Alaska for wrongful death, and he got a $160,000 settlement. Hmm. And that is the story of a crazy love hexagon. That is nuts. <laughs> that is absolutely nuts. I heard that story. I was like, oh, my God. She's insane. Like, so what she's, the hell? I don't, her and, I don't think her and Colin are, are together anymore, but she's still, she's free. Living her life. Where is she living? Do you know? I don't know. I meant to look that up, but I didn't. I was wondering if she was living where my lady was living in California from Charlene. Oh, they're living together? Yeah. Roommates? <laughs> that would be funny. They moved to that that place in, off of the coast of Africa. <laughs> yeah, Seychelles. <laughs> That's nuts, Rose. Yeah, That's that a really was a good crazy, story. crazy story. It is story. absolutely nuts. I don't know. This room makes me yawn. I feel like I'm like I'm not getting enough I think it's because there's not air in here. Yeah. There's no like vent. No, like I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, I keep yawning. I'm trying not to yawn, but I can't help it. It's like I'm... It's okay. Yeah. I forgive you. It's not, it's not boredom. Maybe it's you like, should bring... An a oxygen fan. Mask? No, like a little fan. No, the fan will make too much noise with the Oh, microphones. that's true, yeah. We'll just leave the door open you until want me we... to fan you. I can we'll... bring a big leaf and fan you. That would be oh my God, I'd love that. Okay. So Rose, that was a really good story. Thank you. It was you. very good. She's a cray cray. She's, She's a cray cray. Yeah. That was a batshit crazy one. Yeah, I'm gonna do not a batshit crazy one next week. I'm gonna do a yeah. historic one. I'm excited about doing it. I've started my research. Oh, have you already? Yeah, yeah, mm, I have. Um so um Please, you guys, and I'm going to try and get this right this time, please give us a like. Hit that little plus button on your podcast uh, platform, uh, and then that'll, that'll get you to follow us. And make sure you rate and review our podcast and share it with your friends. And then also shout out to us on our social media. Like, share, give us little, send us little kisses and hearts. We love those. And uh, let us know. I'm going to put up a little survey this week uh, don't shake your head no. I'm going to put up a little survey this week about uh, how you guys like the new plat- the new um, format. Format. <laughs> how many weeks in a row is it that she said that? Bullshit, Rose. You asked me to do it last week. I said I would do it Sunday, and I didn't. Yeah. So I waited because I think people needed to hear it one more time. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm going to um, put out an uh, Instagram post so you guys can, so you guys can uh, vote on that and let us know what you think. And so you can give us a follow on No Ordinary Women Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. TikTok. And on Twitter, we're No Ord, O-R-D, Women Pod. Good job. Give us a shout out. Until next week, lady. Bye. Bye. Lady. You're a lady. No, you're not. Oh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ain't no lady. Yeah.